Welcome to Monster X Radio. My name is Tom Seawood. I'll be your host tonight. I usually am the host of the podcast Sasquatch Island on Monster X, but they've asked me to do a Sunday show. So here it is, and it's going to be titled, It Smells Like It's Time for Us to Leave. Now, the reason for that is I just finished three days of being a vendor with uh, Canopy Booth selling my West Coast Native Design t-shirts at the Muckleshoot Indian Tribe powwow here in Auburn, Washington. And it was an amazing event. Thankfully, the weather held out for us. It was cloudy and uh, a little cool, but at least we didn't get any rain during the festivities. But I got to watch the powwow and listen to the beautiful singing and drumming, but I also got to interact with my fellow North American Indians from all over Canada and the USA. Not so many Canadians, but there was natives from tribes from as far away as Texas, Oklahoma, South Dakota, North Dakota, uh, New Mexico, Arizona, all through Washington State and Oregon and Northern California. And it was just amazing listening to them share with me their stories and perspectives on the Sasquatch. But getting right into it, today, the last day, which was Sunday, I had a gentleman, and out of respect for the tribes and the people, I will not be sharing their uh, tribal names in most cases, so it doesn't pinpoint where the activity was taking place, because you got to remember, most of the activity I heard took place within the confines of their Indian reservations, which are private property, and they don't want people roaring around in quads and motorbikes and four-wheel drives and dune buggies trying to find Sasquatch within their private property known as an Indian Reserve. So anyway, I was talking to this uh, older gentleman, and Sunday it seemed, my day three, that it was mostly the elder men and women that were coming to me. I guess chatter, chatter, chatter got through the powwow about what this booth that had a banner with a Junahua face that said whoop, whoop, and of course www.sasquatchisland.com Moccasin Telegraph took place and everyone was, you know, probably saying, hey, what's that Sasquatch booth all about? And people would share with them. Well, it's this native Indian guy from northern Vancouver Island, British Columbia, Canada, who's lived in the bush for quite some time. And he's had some encounters with his Sasquatch from this area. But he now lives here just up the highway a little bit in Kent, Washington with his partner. And he's told me that, first off, he's educating the non-Indians by going to conferences and being invited to other conferences, where on his stage show, he educates the non-Indian that, number one, you always respect the Sasquatch. You never, ever think of going out hunting the Sasquatch to try to harm him or kill him. That is absolutely taboo, and that's something that all Native tribes throughout what we call North America, otherwise known to the native people as Turtle Island for thousands of years. And I like to call it Sasquatch Island because North America, this big continent, an island, has so many Indian tribes with so many stories about Sasquatch, Bigfoot. And a lot of tribes don't even like using the term Bigfoot because they find it to be disrespectful. So I'm just going to use the term Sasquatch from this point on in this podcast. But this gentleman from a Washington State tribe today came to me and he said, uh, me and my brother, quite a few years ago, we went up this end of a road and we walked through the timber 
and it kind of opened up a bit. It was sparse, and we could see up on the hill, a couple hundred yards up above us, this big deer. So I put my rifle up. I think he said it was a 7mm, and it had a scope on it. And he squeezed off, and he saw the deer, this with the big, huge horns. You know, it kind of stiffened up, meaning that it definitely got hit. And it turned, and it walked behind this rocky outcropping and behind these bushes and disappeared. So him and his brother continued on to go gather the deer that they that he'd shot. And as they got up to where this deer should be, they're looking around and they noticed it looked like a trail through the forest. And that's what that deer had turned into. So they followed this big wide trail and it was packed down quite a bit by the sounds of it, the dirt. And all of a sudden they come in through the trees and there's this big rock bluff wall and this big huge opening of a cave and both of them just stopped because they were he said we were just hit by that stench that stinking stinking stench and I looked at my brother and I said what do you think that is and he said I think that's that smell is telling us it's time to leave this place so they said we turned and we got out of there right quick and we left that deer we didn't look for it and they sort of chuckled about it going down the mountain they said well i guess we left the sasquatch as an offering so i asked him a few other questions and uh i have his contacts he's going to get a hold of me and their tribe a lot of their tribe members this uh, weekend were showing a lot of interest for me to go to their indian reserve and their tribal lands and for peggy and i to perform our stage performance about sasquatch with the dancing and the masks and everything and telling my stories and perspectives and counters. But they want me to work with their youth to use the legends about Chonokwa and Bukwus and Sisiu, the double-headed sea serpent, and to help their youth, teenagers and elementary school kids and older kids that are having trouble with uh, fitting into society. They're getting into some trouble. And that's what these native legends are all about. It's to give guidance to the young people so that they make the right choices in their life's path. And I'm pretty honored to be invited by this tribe to go journey to their homelands in the next few months and go share with them Peggy and I stage performing on Sasquatch. But that story that he told me, <clears throat> it made me chuckle because you just imagine, you know, what's that smell? It's telling us it's time to leave this place and you can't get it any more exact about what it's like when you smell a sasquatch and i know from experience that's what goes through my mind too it's like oh it's time to get out of this place smell you later so that's what happened to them and he said that you know i'm not too old maybe we can walk up there and go see i'm sure that cave is still there and that's so intriguing to be invited by other tribe members and this is what I've been reaching out to try to achieve with Sasquatch Island and teaming up with the Monster X radio team, putting podcasts out, you know, with the other podcasters. And I just did one yesterday by uh, video feed to uh, Bigfoot Odyssey. And, you know, it's showing the cooperation amongst all the Sasquatchers, podcasters, investigators, and as I'm seeing and hearing native tribe to native tribe and yeah there is some tribes that they don't even speak about the sasquatch because they hold it in such high regard and 
Some even have it in the spiritual aspect of their world. And they don't even talk about it. If you see it, it was a great moment. Something good will happen to you or something bad will happen to you, I've heard from other tribes. But we have to understand about the Native peoples that, you know, we have to respect them. And, of course, we have to respect the other tribe, the Sasquatch. So I uh, met a young girl. And uh, she's in her, I guess, mid-20s. And uh, very enthusiastic and energetic and just full of life when it, we started talking about Sasquatch Bigfoot. And she's from the Muckleshoot Indian tribe. She gave me permission to share her where she's from and everything. But as I've talked to other people um, in the community as well as talking on podcasts, the Muckleshoot Indian Reserve, which is surrounded by the communities of Enumclaw, Buckley, Ta Lake Taps, um, Auburn, and I guess it would probably be uh, Puyallup, I guess, to the west. But anyway, it's this Indian Reserve, and it's got a river running through it, a couple rivers, and they have this amphitheater, and I went investigating there one time with one couple of the tribe members, right below this big amphitheater where rock stars and other performers come throughout the summer months. And here we are smack dab in the middle of all this community and urbanization and farms and everything below this amphitheater and we're investigating Sasquatch and they were sharing with, with me and Peggy their encounters that have taken place down there. Well, this young girl who came up to me and she just started chatter, chatter, chattering away to me about Sasquatch. And she says, they're out there, you know, and she pointed to the words the river and she goes, I, I go down there. I can get access to the gates that are locked because I'm a tribe member. And I'll go down there a couple hours before daylight and I'll drive down one of those gravel roads down in the river bottoms. I'll park my vehicle. I'll get out. And with my headlamp, I'll walk into the forest and I'll just put my blanket down and I'll lie down. And she goes, I have had them come right close to me. You can hear them. You can smell them. You can hear them chattering. You can hear the bushes moving and the twigs breaking as one or two of them come around me. And she goes, they've never, they're not going to mean you any harm. But I thought, wow, how brave is a young girl to do that? I've done it myself in my younger years. And I'll tell you, it's intimidating it's scary doing that by yourself and those times i did it i know i had a shotgun or a 30 30 with me and here's this young lady going out and doing it and all she has is a six inch blade on a knife strapped to her belt on her side so when i started talking to her and i realized you know I, i'm able to start interviewing this girl so i started asking her certain questions and i wanted to get her to articulate her hands and everything and just see how good she was at talking well, she didn't say um or stammer very much, which was a big bonus. So I asked her, I said, you know, I have involved with a production company with Monster X Radio. We're going to start doing video casts here pretty quick, and we actually are starting. And uh, But I'm also involved with the all-Indian production team called Wild Woman Productions. My producer, she's a Cree Chippewa native First Nation from Northwest Territories who lives in Alberta, Canada. And she comes out to Vancouver Island quite a bit to visit her mom and dad and other family members. Well, we've been filming a bit, and we're just in editing right now, and hopefully we can get up onto uh, Amazon Prime or Netflix or something. Something a little bit beyond YouTube, because we want to try to make a few dollars at this. It costs a lot of money to investigate, especially for a new flur that we need. 
like to get one of those twenty thousand dollar ones that's for sure but i don't see that happening anytime soon so we'll set the goalpost at the thousand dollar fleur the fleur scout too so anyway i told her i said this is how i'd like to see it work i'll talk i've talked to you right now i really like the charisma and the energy and the knowledge you have and experience with sasquatching but how about uh, maybe i invite our production team to come down here which is one person with a camera and a couple tripods and some smaller cameras and we do an episode with you the muckle shoot episode and i can bring in my other friend bruce straw uh bruce bruce star excuse me for stammering tonight i have a tooth issue going on in a back lower molar and it hurts like a son of a begun here so anyway bear with me but anyway i said we can bring bruce star in and uh you know, interview to both you. Maybe we go out with Peggy as well, and we go do an investigation, stay overnight when the salmon come to the river in late August, early September, because from my experience, that's when the Sasquatch activity should be pretty good within the confines of the Indian Reserve. And she goes, oh, of course, definitely, because that's when it's going to be really on, big time. You have rock throwing, you'll hear them chattering, you can see them from time to time. Same thing Bruce and other Muckleshoot tribe members have shared with me. So hang on, we're going to be bringing you an episode that's going to be really good, that we'll have as podcasts, we'll have some video casts of that, but we're also going to do an episode that to hopefully get it onto those television networks that hopefully all of you can check out one day here pretty, any time, pretty soon. But this young lady though, she touched on certain things about Sasquatch, which I know you, it's only going to be by people who have gotten pretty close to them, who've gotten past the being afraid of the Sasquatch because they've realized through experience that there's nothing really to fear so long as you go forth with respect and no intention to try to harm them because they're going to pick that up. And she agrees with it too, as does Lucas White in the Omaha Indian Res Reservation that I work with in Macy, Nebraska. And, uh, you know, like Lucas, you know, he's doing his uh, Omaha Sasquatch investigations and uh, as I want everyone to know I'm not affiliated with Res Squatching in any way out of Macy, Nebraska but uh, Lucas White he's not affiliated with them he's actually a member of the Sasquatch Island team and he's available for doing expeditions there if you live in the central part of the U.S. Uh, this girl I've met uh, I haven't spoken to her yet but she's let it on that you know she has a job and everything but she'd like to maybe try some expeditions with people that are inf interested so stick around make sure you're signed up to monster x radio to listen to our podcast to keep up the speed what's going on with uh, my activities and the investigation teams that are coming together and definitely make sure you're a member of sasquatch island the facebook group you can also check out the website which we're still working on but it has my contacts for email and phone numbers and so forth sasquatchisland.com and uh, we're going to bring you more information and some videos, stuff to watch here real soon from the Muckleshoot Indian Reserve. Just trying to think of some of the other stories I heard. I'm actually thinking about a funny incident where, you know, if you've been to a powwow, you can see the people from the tribes dressed out in their finery, their beautiful regalia with feathers and buttons and bone beads and other glass beads and just must be hundreds if not a thousand hours going to some of these outfits that they were wearing this this regalia and it was just beautiful to see it 
And today, this uh, young lady, in her, I guess probably just over 30, she came into the canopy area with a couple of her friends in tow, all dressed in their regalia. And as soon as she got there, she just tore the shirt. She goes, this is the one I want. And she put it on over top of her regalia. And she looked at her friends with her arms out. She goes, does it fit me good? Does it look good? And all her friends are laughing. And then one of them said, oh, you don't believe in those things, do you? And she just barked at him. You darn right I believe in Sasquatch. I've seen them. I'm not like you living in some city all the time. I go out there into our forest and I've seen them and I've heard them and they do exist. They're the other tribe. And uh, she took off, scampered off with her friends in their regalia with her wearing her new Sasquatch shirt and bright blue. And then a little while later, I was walking around the powwow just checking out the other vendors and looking for, I was actually looking for the 50-50 guy selling the tickets for the so I could buy some. And there she was with her friend, other friends, and they're all in their regalia standing beside her getting pictures with their cell phones because they were, I guess, happy, excited, and probably couldn't believe her that she would go and buy a brand new Sasquatch shirt and put it on over top of her regalia. So it was pretty humorous, and it was, you know, touching as well, you know, because been do, me and Peggy and I have been doing a lot of work as well as Philip Banj, my uh, Cherokee friend who came with me, and he's been printing as well, uh, my designs and other designs. So it's a new venture for us selling these t-shirts and, you know, with uh, my native designs on it. And Philip, he's mustered up a few other designs from here and there. And he's got the Cherokee word on one of them. Uh, I'll be posting them pretty soon on Sasquatch Island as well as on our website, sasquatchisland.com. But for now, if you are interested in my native West Coast Indian designs of Sasquatch, you can go to thebigfootstore.com and go to uh, the website there and just scroll through on t-shirts, coffee mugs, prints. You can get these big prints for like 40 bucks of my designs. So it's all out there. I'm not trying to plug myself too much here, but, you know, just thought I'd give you the information. But it was uh, pretty neat. I had an elder lady from one of the tribes from down around Arizona, New Mexico. I can't even remember the exact area, but uh, I knew her tribal name, that's for sure. It's very well known. And she was telling me back some 70 years ago when she was a young girl, how when they were out harvesting and uh, fishing and traveling on horseback, she said they used to see them every now and then. But then she said, there's a lot more of them on our Indian Reserve in our lands. And she smiled at me. And it wasn't until a little bit later I, she let it out that she's a member of Sasquatch Island, the Facebook group. And she's been a member for quite a few years. And she goes, you know, I think you're right about the diseases that killed a lot of us Native Indians. It did the same to the Sasquatches all through Turtle Island. And just like us Indians, their numbers are growing too. So maybe sometime soon, maybe the non-Indians will all believe in the existence of what we know is out there, the members of the other tribe. And it was just the way she conveyed that message to me that I'm sharing with you. Just the way she looked at me and held my hand, you could see that there was that understanding that 
and you know, I shared a couple of my tribe's legends, my family legends, with her pertaining to Bukwas, the little people, uh, and uh, the our interpretation of Sasquatch and our Sasquatch, I guess you could say, in northeastern Vancouver Island, British Columbia. And she goes, I really like your stories. Maybe one day I can share you some of our stories that talk about the other tribe. And that's just, you know, a couple of the interactions I had with some of the tribe members there. Um, I had uh, one guy who was from uh, South Southern United States tribe, and he worked for a governing body for the tribe. And uh, one of his friends, because he's a carver, he does uh, wood carvings of uh, native people and natural forms and their traditional attire, and he's been doing it for quite, a t quite some time, he said. And, he said someone from the tribe approached him and said, well, you're a good wood carver. Can you carve me a Sasquatch? I've seen a Sasquatch, and it's hard for me to tell you. Maybe you can look on the Internet or books. So he said I went to the Internet, and I, you know, I was never interested in Sasquatch. I've heard about them and everything. I personally never saw one. Didn't give it that much interest. So I found some good pictures, and I started carving this piece of wood. When it was finished, he showed me it was roughly about 16 or 18 inches high. And he showed me the position, how it was walking, how he carved it. And he said, I threw it on my desk in my office. And, you know, I was waiting for this gentleman to come pick it up. You know, not too many of the tribe members had have phones in some of the areas of our community. So I, he said he would show up eventually. I got word out that I had the piece completed, that he can come pick it up. But it... Like, you know, us, we run on Indian time. It sat there for almost a year. He said, but I couldn't believe how many people, people that was from my tribe, people that weren't even Indian, people from other tribes that were, we were working with that would come in my office. There were so many people who go, hey, that's a Bigfoot. And they would share with me their story, their encounter, and their beliefs on him. So that's just one of the things I'm getting at with this podcast is, when I came out of the bush, and we laugh about it now, but uh, in 11 years ago when I got together with Peggy, you know, I came down to Kent, Washington, and, you know, it was, to me it was just amazing. It still is. There's so many bloody people down here. It's like endless. I haven't found the southern end of the city yet, and I tried one time, and Peggy got a hold of me, and she told me that, when I told her that I'm trying to find the southern end of the city, she said, you better turn around, you're going to end up in California. So I've gone east, I found the edge there. I've been north, I find the ed edge there. It's the other side of Vancouver called Squamish in British Columbia because it's this one big glob of humans. And it's just amazing that, you know, when I came out, I was a busher, a busher. I lived in bush for almost 26 years plus. So when I came down here, I remember we were watching... Uh, Bank Forest Research Organization's uh, Finding Bigfoot. That's just a joke. I like the guys great. I get along great with Bobo and uh, Cliff, but <laughs> some of the guys I listen to their to their podcasts or I watch them on YouTube videos and they're out there pounding trees with wood and I'm just shaking my head. Don't do that if you want to find the Sasquatch because banging the forest like that, you're just telling the Sasquatch, stop, turn around, go back where you came from. I'm here with my family. I don't want you here. That's why they do it to us. 
So anyway, I'm watching this uh, Finding Bigfoot show, and you know it's pretty good. And we watched a few episodes and uh, other shows about Bigfoot, Sasquatch. And you got to remember, I was in bush for quite some time, so I didn't have TV out there. And I looked at Peggy, and this is when we first got together. I'm like, how come all these non-Indians are keep saying that uh, if these things exist, and they don't believe these things exist, what's up with that? Those Sasquatches all over out there in the bush. They've been all over the place and hear about it. I've even seen and heard them. Peggy's like, so you believe in them? And I'm like, yeah, I believe in them. And you got to remember, she's a professional with a big company and well-educated urban person. And here she is with this Indian from Canada. Just got together and we got our commitments to each other. And all of a sudden, he's out of the blue, believes in Sasquatch. And, you know... She was kind of, you know, kind of made her feel weird, I imagine, but she got through that. And then, you know, when she came to our potlatches and seen our native dances, and I pointed out the native art and all of the Jonaquas that are there in our native art, whether it be uh, memorial poles, house posts, welcoming poles, dowry poles, ridicule poles, things that non-Indians refer to as totem poles. We don't, but they're all over. They're in the museums, they're even found out one of our beer brands up in Canada. And beef jerky in North America. Jack Link's Sasquatch is a mascot. Harry and Henderson's Disney show. One of the big blockbusters of its era. So Sasquatch is all around. But people still have this belief that these things do not exist. And this was what Peggy was like. But I, through talking with her and showing her things. And now she's an avid investigator. She's uh, heard one one night when we were on, uh, out on the yacht with uh, our friends and we had uh, Adam Davies with us, uh, the big investigator, and outside just north of Campbell River, anchored out, and we heard Adam roared, and he got an answer. And then next couple nights later, we went to the beach to drop Adam off to do some FLIR um, size estimations and things of something we saw on the beach from the night before when it was dark. And Adam called us in, and uh, I, in the spotlight, Peggy didn't see it, but I saw the tree peeker one pull its head back, and it was only like 30 feet up the hill from the beach from Adam. And Adam called us in to get him out of there because something just finished growling at him. And this was wintertime. There's snow on the ground. No bears out there that time of year. So Peggy's been pretty close to them. She's heard them, and uh, she smelled them when, uh, one time when she came out to... When she first met me, she was just a client out there and at nighttime on the dock. And she smelled it because I smelled it too. And I told her, we better get inside. I got to better get off the float here and where we're sitting. And, you know, it's just because it's nighttime. It's time for them. Give them their respect. Give them their space. So the Muckleshoot powwow. I learned something. I learned that the Native Indians that go there are very interested in buying Sasquatch native design t-shirts, but they're also very open and receptive to sharing their beliefs, encounters, and stories about Sasquatch from their homelands and their lifetimes. So I highly recommend if you get the chance to go to a powwow, go to one. Wear your Sasquatch shirt, you know, wear your SasquatchIsland.com shirt. You can order it online. Just kidding. The Bigfootstore.com. But anyway, wear a Bigfoot shirt. I've seen a few people wearing them, and it's pretty neat seeing the different designs out there. 
from other artists and other companies and so forth. But I did have something very interesting happen today. This non-Indian guy was walking through the, I guess you could say the alleyways of vending canopies. And all of a sudden he gets in front of ours with our banner, www.sasquatchisland.com. And he just stops and he looks at me. I'm like, hello. And he comes walking up and he goes, boy, am I ever glad to see you set up here. That's why I came here today. I wanted to come talk to the native people about Sasquatch or whatever's been going in my barn, taking all of the uh, carrots that I have in there stored for my horses and apples from time to time. And I have a little grain room that I have grain and oats in there for the different animals I have on my farm. And noticed that something was going in there because it kept leaving the door open. And it's not an easy door handle to deal with, you know. It, takes a little bit of pressure and you know jiggling sometimes he goes but i'd go in there in the morning to take care of my animals and the grain door would be open what's the last thing i want i don't want mice and rats in there and raccoons so i'd close the door and i noticed that kind of it looks like something's been digging into this grain so i took all the didn't have much grain left in an open sack fed the animals one time and i took what was left and i put it into a cupboard and i locked it so that in this little grain room, there is only 300-pound sacks of this grain unopened. And the floor was all cleaned up. And he goes, I left, closed the door. The next day I came in. You'd think whatever got into my grain, you'd think they'd have the sense to open it from the top. No, the side of the 100-pound bag was ripped and there was grain all over the floor. And that's when I noticed big indentations like someone was walking around in there with rubber boots on but really really big rubber boots i've noticed some other things just recently i've had cherries in my yard growing he goes i like my cherries well i noticed today that something likes my cherries as well because when you reach up about 10 feet there's no cherries left just the ones that aren't ripe and you can see indentations in the grass. The grass is pretty dry, but you could see something big had walked in there like they had boots on or something. So that's why I'm here. I want to know. You know, I just live under a half a mile from these powwow grounds. And he's just off the edge of the Indian res Reservation in Muckleshoot. And he goes, do you think it would be them? Do you think they're here? Goes, a lot of people live here. And I just laughed and chuckled and I said, you know where the amphitheater is? And then I shared with him what I shared with you in this podcast, how I went there. And I educated him a little bit more. And he thanked me. And he said, well, I guess I better get some deadbolts and locks for my doors out there. Because I don't want them eating all my horses, grain, and other things. So there you go. That was a little snippet from three days at the Muckleshoot powwow this last weekend. And here it is Sunday night, and I'm just home, and I did the podcast, sharing some of it with you. Uh, do you want to hear more? I'm planning in the next few days to do a podcast for Sasquatch Island, which is my podcast, of course, with Monster X Radio and Monster Exclusive, the subscription service, where you get four podcasts for the price of one. And I'm going to go in-depth, and I'll probably shoot for about 45 minutes to an hour, and I'll go in a little bit more about some of the things I heard from other tribe members at Muckleshoot Powwow. But I thank you very much for listening. And don't forget, chatter, chatter like a Sasquatch. Share the posts from Monster X Radio, Sasquatch Island. Join our groups on Facebook. 
And don't forget to share our posts when you see them from time to time. And like a Sasquatch, chatter away and tell your fellow Bigfoot Sasquatch enthusiasts that Monster X podcasts, art blogs, blogs, and now we're getting into video and more television production. So there you go. Something to share with you from the native Indian of Canada and the USA that I experienced and heard about at the Muckleshoot Powwow. And don't forget, there's two more coming up, one in July and one in August. Hope to see you all there. Take care. And when you're out there investigating, like I always say, be safe. Thank you very much in the language from my tribe of northeastern Vancouver Island. Halakilasla. Go in peace.